Hi, this is Savio. I've been seeking answers to some of life's most perplexing questions my entire life. In 2014, I was diagnosed with stage three cancer. And ever since, I realized my calling existed outside of what I knew to be familiar. This podcast is home for survivors like myself and those who yearn to build resilience in their mindset and live their best life. In season three, the show includes a mix of coaching sessions followed by interviews with those from all walks of life who have been successful in the wellness, business, media, and travel industries. The intent is to show the human experience in its rawest form so that others may glean insight. Nothing is rehearsed. As a board-certified wellness coach, number one best-selling author, and syndicated columnist, my job is to ask the deep questions of those trying to make sense of their place in this fractured world. I believe life speaks to us in different ways. Many of us listen, but don't know how or where to begin. As someone who has crossed the bridge between life and death, I say simply, begin where you are now and get busy living. If you liked today's episode, I would appreciate it if you could share it. Be sure to tag me at The Human Resolve so I can reciprocate in kind. So without further ado, welcome to The Human Resolve Podcast. Today's podcast guest on Resilience is CEO and travel host, Monica Ortega. As Monica states, you can be naturally courageous and not the most resilient and vice versa. You have one foot grounded and the other foot can move in any position at any time, which I think is so beautiful because we have these roots and these parts of us that are always going to be there, but we can choose what direction we want our life to go in. And like I said, It makes a little bit more fun and less scary when you see it as pivoting and not change or, you know, horrible things happening to you. Um, So, gosh, where do I start? I do about a million things. I own Pivoting Productions and I'm the host of the travel show Monica Goes. And I wrote my book, The Power of Pivoting, How to Embrace Change and Create a Life You Love during the pandemic. And that has turned into speaking and retreats and all sorts of other things. And I'm an actress and a singer and you name it. <laughs> I feel like I've had so many jobs. <laughs> well, one of the other jobs you had was being so kind to contribute to my interview series, Rising Through Resilience, How to Be Resilient During Turbulent Times with Authority Magazine and Thrive Global. I just wanted to thank you for really honing in on the point of being proactive about your mental health. Mm. I know that word has been overused, but I just loved how you just pinpointed where it all really begins. Thank you for including me in that article. That was such a great article and I was honored to be a part of it. Um, For me, I think it came from feeling the need to be in control, which we're never in control, but especially with mental health, I didn't like that feeling of just kind of riding the wave of emotions. And so I thought there's something I have to do about this and I'm type A. And so I put together these like list of things that I knew made me feel better, whether it's like going for a run or journaling. And so then when I would start to feel depressed or anxious, I found going through the list and literally just like trial and error with different things kind of pulled me out of the spiral before it got too deep and too dark. And so that's one of the things I really try to push on people is when you're in a good place, if you can be proactive about those things, then when you feel those spirals or something horrible happens in your life, you you have sort of this thing to fall back on, this muscle that you can build in the meantime that can help you get through that a little bit easier. With the launch of your your travel show, Monica Goes, you realize that 
you needed to face your own fears. And I love how honest you were about that. Can you give us just more context into this idea of facing fears? Yeah. So I started the show back in 2014 and it was really because I love travel in the outdoors. And as soon as I started, I was like, I'm afraid of everything. <laughs> like, like I'm afraid of hiking if there's a drop off, right? Just the simple things. And I didn't see people showing that. All I saw was adrenaline junkies on YouTube, which is amazing. I love watching that, but that's not me. And so I thought, well, maybe there's a place to show sort of that average traveler just pushing out of their comfort zone a little bit. And then, of course, you know, as I started to do that, you push a little further and a little further, and I ended up doing scarier and scarier things. Um, and then you kind of find that line of like, oh, that was too far, but this really makes me feel good. But I really dove into that feeling afterward of when you face a fear and you come through it, it's super empowering. And you can't think about the past or the present or the past or the future. You're so present in those moments when your fear kicks in. And it's, it's really empowering afterward to know that you could do it. I had a really good friend um, a while ago who once said to me, his father told him every decade, you should do something different with your life. And I just Ooh. loved how in the article you mentioned, you lived about 30 lives. <laughs> I mean, I'm so curious. I feel like please, it. <laughs> please let me know what those 30 lives are. That's amazing. Oh my gosh. Well, you know, I've always been in the entertainment field in one way or another. And that's taken me to so many different spots. So I worked at a ranch resort and I kind of lived this like country lifestyle, teaching line dance and riding a bull, singing the national anthem at rodeos and doing stunt shows. And so that was like one big chunk. And then that took me to Nashville to pursue music. And I did some music there, but I really got into acting and hosting. And then that took me to LA. And so I did the acting and hosting thing, which led into my travel show. And then the travel show kind of turned into more than I ever expected. And then during the pandemic, we moved to Denver and I wrote a book and now it's a very different kind of pivot in my life of, you know, more of the looking forward at family life and things like that. So yeah, just a lot of different things. And then I've always, you know, sang in cover bands and done emceeing at music festivals, like lots of random jobs. <laughs> yeah. Well, what's also curious to me is this idea of how your company is structured, this mm -hmm. idea of combination of mindset with the lessons learned through adventures and facing fears. I mean, it's such a beautiful metaphor for, I think, what life is really all about. Uh, how have you found that through those experiences has made you a better person? Oh my gosh, just a million times. Like I said, I mean, adventure in itself to me has made me grow so much and realize I could do a lot more than I ever realized. It really was that resilience piece and building up that muscle and going, okay, I can handle things that come my way. And it's, it's really interesting with the company because I, I couldn't figure out how to put the pieces together for a long time. I just had passions in different areas, which I think a lot of entrepreneurs can relate to. And so I would just start things here and there. And then when the book came out, I thought, this feels like a total 180 for a lot of people. For me, it made sense. For me, facing fears and mindset is the same thing in adventure as it is in your personal life. You know, when things come up or things fall apart, it's that same sort of mindset, but it was connecting the two. And so I actually hired a business coach and I said, how do I make sense of all these pieces? You know, I have a podcast about business, a book about pivoting and a travel show. And when we kind of put it together, it was that mindset piece and facing fears in life and adventure. So then Pivoting Productions was born. So yeah, it took, it was kind of a happy accident of trying all these different things and then trying to find the through line, which I don't recommend if you're building a business, but it did work out. <laughs> 
<laughs> Wonderful. And it's probably a controversial thing, but most people, when they think about their exes, it's not the fondest memory, but I loved how you just changed the paradigm and made it empowering. And you said that your ex-husband has helped you to get to where you are. I would love more, more details. Yeah, it's, it's very ironic. And it's interesting when I talk about it and it's not him personally. We, we haven't talked since the divorce, but it's the things that I learned through that process that really kind of changed my life and made me fully present, made me realize what I wanted to do, you know, because I think growing up, especially in the Midwest, I had this mindset of, you know, checking the boxes, college, marriage, kids, you got to hit all these things. And I found myself miserable. And when my world sort of fell apart, kind of thanks to him in a weird way, um, it was the first time in my life I stepped back and went, okay, what do I want and who do I want to be? And how can I use this second chance to really be present and go after something completely different? And then I also realized that this is not everybody's story, but for me, when I go through things, I feel like if I can help somebody else, it makes me feel like it was worth something or it had some meaning or I'm paying it forward. And it's also just how I process things. So even though like things seem to be falling apart, me sharing that with people and with my audience, my friends, my family, other people opened up to me and it kind of turned into this movement. And I'm very um, just open in life about the things that I go through. And I found it helps me process it, but it also helps other people. So I am grateful for that because I said, you know, if I would have married just somebody okay, I probably would have just kind of floated through life. And because of the way it was, it kind of snapped me to reality and made me ask what I want out of life. So I am extremely grateful for everything that happened in that way. Yeah. So I wanted to come back to really the focus of today's conversation. Monica, how do you define resilience? I think there's two parts of it. Some people are just naturally resilient because you go through things in life and you just have to keep going, right? But I do think that there's a way to build that muscle and be proactive. And I think that we can make ourselves more resilient by really shifting that mindset. So defining resilience, I think, would be creating a mindset where you know that you can get through whatever comes your way. That's probably the best way I would describe it. But yeah, I think you can build that up and, like I said, be proactive and put things in place so that when the next thing comes up, you get stronger each time instead of feeling like this is happening to me, realizing it's happening for me, even if I don't necessarily understand the big picture in the moment. Yeah, there was a word in that definition in the article that you wrote, what I thought was very curious from a coach perspective. It's this idea of adaptability. And I think mm. you're a great example of you might not know exactly what's happening, but you're trying to figure it out and you're trying to adjust accordingly. I love that. Yeah, that took me a really long time to learn. <laughs> being <laughs> being a control freak, I had a really hard time with change. And then I remember I had this really negative experience in college in Chicago and ended up moving back home very depressed and unhappy. And I was scared to take any chances after that. And I remember my dad telling me, you know what, if you're not happy, change. Like it, nothing's permanent. It's fine. You can pivot. You can make another move. And the second I realized that, life got a little bit less scary knowing I can change. I can do something else. And if I don't like it, I can go back or switch. And it makes it more like a choose your own adventure in life instead of feeling so terrified of horrible things that may happen. Uh, so in the piece, I also asked a question about courage. Do you see resilience and courage as one and the same or different? Oh, that's such a good question. Um, I think you can be courageous as you're being resilient, 
but I do think you can build up those resiliency muscles. You know, I think some people are naturally courageous and other people, it's something that you learn and grow as you become more resilient. So yeah, they're definitely connected, but I think they can also be separate. You can be naturally courageous and not the most resilient and vice mm -hmm. versa. So when you combine the two, it really helps you move through things. Yeah, I, I, there was a word in it that you used as well, which this idea of pivoting, right? That courage mm -hmm. allows you the muster or the, the strength to pivot because it's hard yeah. to make that decision. Yeah, and I, I mean, I use that word a lot. That's the, you know, in my, the title of my book, but I, I love the basketball definition, mm -hmm. which I found out after I read the book or after I wrote the book, um, which is you have one foot grounded and the other foot can move in any position at any time which I think is so beautiful because we have these roots and these parts of us that are always going to be there, but we can choose what direction we want our life to go in. And like I said, it makes it a little bit more fun and less scary when you see it as pivoting and not change or, you know, horrible things happening to you. Mm -hmm. uh, I asked about uh, persons or person that comes to mind when you think of resilience and you named two, Malala and Oprah. How have their lives really shown you a new way or a new avenue of being? I think the fact that they've gone through so much hard stuff in their life and they, one, have the mindset of staying positive, but two, they've used their stories to inspire other people, which is something that I feel very, very close to. A lot of people, you know, don't want to share their story or they feel uncomfortable with it. And that's totally fine. But seeing how them sharing their stories have impacted so many people moving forward really inspired me to do the same. And there was a piece in, uh, in there about this idea of, uh, has someone ever told you something is impossible? And you mentioned you actually put that on yourself and you yeah. made it a point to prove yourself wrong. I mean, how lovely is that to confront yourself <laughs> like that? How, how did you, where did you gain the knowledge base in order to do that? Yeah, I know I talked in the article about um, this one experience at the ranch that I worked at where my boss handed me like two 60 pound speakers and we were at a rodeo arena and he said, okay, you have to get the speaker in the box up there. And I said, this is impossible. And he said, well, you'll figure out a way. And he left and he said, see you at lunch. And to this day, like I still can't physically wrap my head around how I did it, but I did. And there were so many lessons at the ranch that taught me I could do things that seemed impossible in my mind. And then with each adventure, you know, you start going, well, this is terrifying. I can't do this. And then you do, and you keep moving forward. You know, I went whitewater rafting and I, I said, I can't get back in the boat after I took a bad swim. I was like, I don't want to do it. I can't do it. And at the same time, I'm literally physically getting back in the boat. <laughs> so you kind of realize that like, even if you can't get rid of the word can't out of your vocabulary, you can push past it and keep moving forward. Yeah, it actually reminds me of, so it didn't happen in my childhood, but when they throw newborns into the pool and they just make them swim, yeah. like I'm like amazed by that because I was never taught to swim. I never learned to swim. Um, so I just, yeah, that's what, that's what comes to mind when I think of that. Yeah, I feel like I'm so like inherently scared of everything and just mm -hmm. a naturally anxious person. And I've just been incredibly blessed to have people in my life that kind of threw me in the deep end <laughs> and I had to figure out a way. So this idea of setbacks also came up in the article and how you mentioned you try to check off all those boxes to live a normal existence, but you mm -hmm. were miserable in it. What shook you from that viewpoint or mind frame? Yeah, I mean, it really was forced upon me because, you know, I, I don't think I realized how miserable I was 
until it was, you know, I don't want to say too late, but until, you know, you're in the marriage and you're like, well, this is it now. And just the way that he kind of pulled the rug out from under me and ended that marriage, I felt this extreme relief, which again is a very weird thing. A lot of people's divorces are not the same as mine. So I completely understand that everybody's journey is different. But for me, I felt this extreme relief that I could go another way. And, you know, now one thing I try to encourage people is to maybe ask those questions before you get into a situation like that and start going, is this what I actually want? And really looking at that. And, you know, I do these practices of like meditation and picturing the life I want and going, are the choices I'm making lining up with that? Am I going in a direction that I like and that I like who I am? And if I don't like who I am, that's a pretty good indication that I'm not going in the right direction. So I'm just extremely grateful for how things worked out that I was kind of forced into waking up that way. And it's a practice that I've just really tried to stick to moving forward. So I know I'm always going in a direction that I feel good about. So how have you cultivated resilience? You mentioned this idea of in college, you were just very miserable, which mm -hmm. really begs the point nowadays, does one really need to go to college with so many opportunities and so yeah. many avenues available? How did you deal with all those, those stresses? Uh, not well. <laughs> I'm very passionate about talking to like that high school to college age because mm. it wasn't something that was talked about, especially in my generation, uh, making myself feel old. <laughs> but it's true. Like people didn't talk about mental health. They didn't talk about, you know, the feelings that might come up when you change and going from like high school, which was a very positive experience to me, to college, which was very negative. I shut down. I stopped talking to people. I started taking the elevator up 13 floors to avoid talking to people. Like I really became a shell and it went to a really dark place. And I ended up moving home and kind of starting over, which was really scary. And I felt like a failure. And then years later, I talked to people and found out so many other people were feeling the exact same way at the exact same time. And nobody talked about it. And part of me, that light bulb went off of why are we not talking about this? And I'm so grateful we do now, but you know, that's part of the reason I'm very open about it. And all of that did turn into those proactive steps. You know, I started making myself go for a walk every day, even though I didn't want to get out of bed. I started making myself call friends. I kept a calendar of like good days, bad days, unbearable days, and you know, just try to get really proactive until I felt better. And then later on in life, I kind of looked back and went, oh, these things really help and I should do those before things get that bad. <laughs> so, but it wasn't great at the time. <laughs> mm -hmm. So you had some beautiful nuggets in there about um, five steps someone can take to become more resilient. What are some of your five? Oh my gosh. Um, well, again, I think it's being very self-aware about where you're going and what you wanna do and how you wanna get through it. So for me, I have sort of five steps to making sure I'm on that right track. Mm -hmm into building up that mindset. And so I do a visualization of picturing my perfect day from start to finish wow. and ask myself, okay, first of all, am I going in that direction? Because sometimes that visualization may surprise you and you may go, oh, this is not the path I'm taking. And then from there, you know, I do the vision board and write out the goals and write everything out. But then it's really about combining that, the woo-woo stuff with being proactive and going after it. So once I know the things I want, I start breaking it down into little steps that I can do today. So if in that visualization, I'm running six miles a day. And right now I'm hitting the snooze button, sleeping in and not doing anything. 
okay, so maybe I can get up 30 minutes early and go for a walk. And you start scheduling it out, knowing that maybe in a year or five years, that visualization is actually going to be your life. And if you can do it on super, super small scales, you can build up those habits into the things that you want. And then it's really putting it on the calendar. I think that's the big step that everybody misses. They visualize it, they get all excited, and then they don't change anything. So it's really, you know, signing up for that marathon or that dating app or all the things that you want out of life, break it down into something you can do today. Wonderful. Uh, so now I want to transition to what I call brainstorming. Okay. Uh, there was a question I asked about creating a movement. You mentioned something very interesting about pivot with purpose retreats. I just thought maybe you and I could just talk a little bit about that and find ways to cultivate that or bring that forward Yeah. in a larger way. Yeah. I think, again, it was combining the facing fears of the adventure and the facing fears when you're pivoting or when life just pivots for you. And how do we combine that to really cultivate that resilient mindset? And so for me, it was this pivot with purpose adventure retreat. So what we did at the retreat was in the mornings, we would literally go through these exercises, the visualization, we'd have a vision board happy hour, you know, we do all these different things to build up that mindset and go through what barriers are holding you back. And then in the afternoon, we'd go rock climbing or whitewater rafting or like, you know, put yourself in that fear-based situation so that when you get out of that and you have that empowering feeling, you combine it with the barriers that have been holding you back. So I really loved, I mean, we had an amazing time, but I really loved watching other people go, oh, facing fears physically and facing fears in pivoting and in life and in mindset are the same thing in, in a lot of ways. With your retreats, have you found uh, an uptick due to the pandemic? The fact that we all went through a massive trauma? <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, it's hit and miss because some people are still hesitant to travel. So we did one and it went very, very well. And then things started going back up with COVID. And then the second one people were hesitant about. And so I'm still kind of feeling out like where these are going to go. It's something I'm really passionate about, but it's just figuring out the best way to make people feel comfortable in that situation as well. So I think that there's an uptick in terms of like the coaching and the book and people really getting curious about mindset and mental health. Um, but in terms of getting out and doing it in a group setting, it's still it's still hit and miss. We're, we're figuring it out. <laughs> <laughs> also, I, what comes to mind with this topic is the idea of um, like looking really deeply within. Like I think when you talk about purpose and then sort of being forced to live a different way or act a different mm -hmm. way due to circumstances, you are kind of facing some monumental crises in your life. I mean, look at the great yeah. resignation that's sort of happening or sweeping throughout the different parts of the world. Uh, and what really comes to mind is I really love the fact that you're showing yourself as an example of pivoting, even though a crisis never really happened in your life. I mean, things happened, but not yeah. a major one. And I just really think it really starts from within, right? Yeah. This calling that you need um, to figure things out for yourself. Yeah, I think the biggest thing is being self-aware. And for so long, I was in denial about things I was feeling or just thinking I could tough it out and get through things. And then getting really self-aware that like, maybe I'm not okay. Maybe I need help. And also, you know, it's funny you say like some people go through crisis and other people don't, but we get into this mindset of comparing our crisis. Oh, well, mine's not too bad. Look at what's going on over in Ukraine or look what's going on with these people that are losing their jobs. But that doesn't help anything. What you're feeling is valid 
And if for you, that's the biggest crisis, you're allowed to feel that. And building up those mindset things from a small scale to a big scale can be huge. And I literally go through all of those steps every single time I pivot, you know, whether it's getting a job and then feeling like, oh man, I'm paying the bills now instead of doing my passion. It's a different pivot, but you have to go back through that mindset stuff and build yourself up each and every time. And then the stronger that gets when something really does tragic happen in your life, you have those things in place and you have that strength of mindset and that self-awareness. So I think, you know, instead of playing down the little things, allow yourself to feel what you're going to feel and figure out how to get through the small stuff. And that'll help you get through the big stuff. So I would love to ask you, what is the big vision for Monica in, in so many iterations oh and gosh. versions of yourself? What do you want to create? You know, it's interesting. I feel like I'm I'm in a very big pivot at the moment. So I'm still trying to figure that out and what that might look like. You know, we're in the process of trying to start a family and that's a very different thing than jumping off buildings and traveling solo. Uh, but I think I, I wanna show what that's like. So the family aspect of things, um, continuing to be very open about the emotional side of whatever's happening in life to try to inspire. I really want these retreats to take off and do more of that. Um, yeah, there's, I mean, there's so many things again, this is, this is where my brain goes in 20 different directions, <laughs> but I'd love to do a Ted talk. That's a huge thing on my list. Um, yeah. And just keep inspiring people to face their fears. Well, you know what? You've inspired me today. I really appreciate it. How can my viewers and listeners follow you, your work, your company? Yeah, absolutely. So the main website is monicajortega.com. That kind of has everything on it. Um, and then the show is on YouTube at Monica Goes Show and throughout social media at Monica Goes Show. And yeah, that's pretty much it. Well, Monica, this was beautiful. Thank you so much Thank for you. your time. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I really hope you enjoyed listening to today's podcast episode of The Human We Solve. If you feel that others may enjoy this episode as well, please share socially at The Human Resolve. You can also visit my website, thehumanresolve.com, where I offer one-on-one -on -one coaching sessions, a subscription to my weekly newsletter, where I probe into the secrets from living smarter to feeding your three brains, and my author website, isurvivedcancer.co, where you can purchase my number one best-selling book, I Survived Cancer and Here's How I Did It. 35 cancer survivors share their journey and view the book trailer, including excerpts from the book. If you could also help me out and give me a review and rating on this podcast platform, because I do care what you have to say, I would really appreciate it. Now, get out there, my friends, and get busy living.